grace, thank you for your love, thank you for your kindness, thank you for the blessing of your word, thank you Lord, we are blessed in your presence Jesus, thank you because today we are going to have an encounter with you like never before, even in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, amen, hallelujah, praise God, it's important that you wake up in the morning praising Jesus. No point worrying. Everything might seem bad, but no point worrying. It won't solve it. Wake up in the morning excited, joyful. Don't allow mood swings. So mood swings are natural. It's not true. Praise God. Last week I started a series of teaching. I continued at the midweek service, Matters of the Spirit. Very insightful to help us understand what goes on in the realm of the Spirit, what goes on when it comes to spiritual things. So we understand. I would say by faith we understand that the worlds were made by the, uh, were framed by the Word of God. Now, I want you to bear in mind that God's Word is complete. God's word is complete. It has all the answers to all of man's questions. Most of the people who claim to be woke have not really studied the scriptures. <laughs> They've not, you know, people say stay woke, stay woke, and they, they try to bring out certain arguments of scripture. And they try to punch holes. You see, there are no holes in, in the Bible. I have looked into it. I have found that there are no holes. All the people who claim to stay woke, when they begin asking their questions, you realize that their theologies are very, very light. Because, for example, there was a time a guy came to um, church. And he went to talk to his friend. His friend said, he asked, oh, sit down, Pa. You're looking wonderful. His friend came, came with his friend, and they were... His friend said, no... He has noticed that, you know, there are some inconsistencies in Scripture. I want to show you something about the Scriptures. For example, the Old Testament, what the Hebrew people call the Tanakh, it, is, it was written by the law, the prophets, and the psalmists. So it is divided into the book of the law. I want you to pay attention now. It is divided to the book of the law, then the book of the prophets, then there are people who wrote poems, which were prophetic poems, like the book of Psalms, Songs of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. Those were poetic books, but they were prophetic books, so they were added. But sometimes they like to put it together and say it is the law and the prophets. And it's fine because some of those poetic books are also prophetic. Now, Bible says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the honor of kings to search it out. That means what you are looking for in scripture, it is not that it is not there. You have not yet concealed the matter. Or you have not yet brought out, you have not gone into the scriptures. to bring it. Let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 1. It is one of the easiest ones to find. 
You can easily try to, for example, if you are very analytical, you, look, you see something here, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Go to verse 2. He says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, if in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, why is he now saying that God moved upon the face of the waters? Where from the waters? So if you are very analytical, you think, ah, that means God didn't create the waters. So you will look at the scripture like this and you might want to be woke. So, and the earth was that form and void. And that was upon the face of the deep. Now, what brings a difference here is go to Isaiah chapter 45. So you see that in the writing of Moses here, he omitted, listen now, he omitted a very great spiritual truth which was filled in by the prophets. So you see, the book is not just the law and the prophet and doesn't write like a storybook. So what Moses wrote in the law, there were gaps which were filled in by the prophets. So if you don't study the scriptures, that's why I study to show yourself approved. If you don't study the scriptures, you might think that the scriptures are incomplete, but they are very complete. And it has, I said, all the answers to man's questions. I'll show you something. Isaiah chapter 45. Verse 18. Look at something. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, he said, the earth was out from a void. Are you seeing it? Now, over here, he said, for thus saith the Lord, that created the heaven the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He had established it. He created it not in vain. Ah. In Genesis 1 verse 2, he said he created it and it was void. But over here, he said he created it not in vain. So it looks like it's a contradiction. But it's not a contradiction. It's what we call the gap theory. There was a gap between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, there's a very big gap over there, which is millions of years. So Moses only captured Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, which was the first creation. Then he moved from that because in Revelation, I understand the prophet Moses, in Revelation, you can see something today, then it will leave the rest and go and show you another thing. And you might think it is 1 and 2. Meanwhile, it is 1, there's a lot of gap in between before you get to 2. So, when Moses was writing, he wrote what happened in Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then he says, and the earth was without form and void. Now over here he says, and he made it not in vain. I'll take you into a little Hebrew. Don't, don't be scared. Just this elementary. He says, the, the Genesis 1 verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void. The Hebrew is tohu vabohu. Over here, he says, he created it not tohu vabohu. So, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, he said, it is void. Over here, he said, he didn't create it void. He said, he formed it to be inhabited, and the Lord, and there's none else. So, it is the gap, what they call the gap theory. The gap over there is, was filled by Isaiah in this writing. What happened? When you read the account of Jeremiah, he will tell you that Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 was the first world. 
that God created. Then God destroyed that world with water. And that is why he said, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Because scientists are finding fossils that are millions of years ago. But when you study, when they, they demarcate the, the, the earth now, it's about six to 7,000 years. But they are finding fossils of certain animals. For example, they put in uh, 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 the bones of certain um, dinosaurs and they put it together. When they put it together, it is a dinosaur. And people are asking questions. Those fossils are millions of years. You know bones don't rot. So those fossils are millions of years old. But they say the earth is 6,000 years old. It makes people not really trust what the scriptures actually teach. But you see, the Bible also captures dinosaurs. It talked about dinosaurs in the book of Job. And how the dinosaurs went extinct. God, God said they will go extinct in the book of Job. And that time we'll look at it. So you see, the scriptures are complete. When you go, you see, when you delve into the scriptures, you begin to understand that it has the answers to all of man's questions. So the gap over here was filled in by the prophets. Jeremiah also captured it. He, talked, he, said, he said, write a lamentation to the king of Tyre. He was talking about the devil. So there was a first world, and because of the iniquity of that world, he brought water to destroy it. So, God now re recreating the world is what we see in verse 2. So, after he recreated the world, there was a problem again, and he destroyed the water. Now, this time around, he came to Noah and said that, I will not destroy the world again with water. Why would he say again if it was not destroyed with water before? The scriptures are complete. When you go into the, 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 the issues that have to do with the, with the spirit and spiritual matters, everything is in the scriptures. The realm of the spirit superimposes the earth realm. So anything that you think that you have, if you have some authority and reign in the physical, it is temporary. Second Corinthians 4, verse 18, he says that what we look not at things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, except for the things that we see are, are temporary, except for the things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are not seen are eternal. So, the realm of the spirit, I explained that the word heavens just means high. So, the realm of the spirit superimposes the, the, the earth realm. So, there is nothing that is happening that does not have is. is uh, I want to use a, a computer language now. It's like you, you, you press uh, some keys and it, it, it shows up. An input. It has an input. The, the, the realm of the spirit is where all the inputs are made. It's where all the inputs are made. So if you want to ever master anything, master the spirit realm. Praise God. Matthew chapter 16 verse 19. I want to show you something.
He says, Jesus was speaking to Peter. Look at something now. Very, very key. He says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and whatsoever thou shalt bind, the word keys over there doesn't mean authority, it means principle. And I will show you a principle of the kingdom of heaven. That's what he's showing there. That's what he's saying. He said, I will give you the keys. I will give you principles of the kingdom of heaven. He says, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What's Jesus Christ teaching here? He is teaching that there are certain things that you can do on earth that will provoke a reaction in the spirit realm. So whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So he said, you will do something on earth and it will provoke a reaction in the spirit realm. So there are things that you can do. Miracles, for example, are, they, they don't just happen. Some people are just expecting God to just do something. No, miracles don't just happen. Miracles are based on supernatural laws of wisdom. They don't fall like oranges from the tree. So there are things that you can do in the, in the earth realm that will provoke a reaction in the spirit realm. Remember the teaching of Jesus Christ, the Beatitude. said, blessed are they that for they shall. Blessed are they that. That means nothing goes for nothing. Are you listening? It means nothing goes for nothing. So it is better that we begin to understand how the earth and the spirit relationship is. So that we know the, the kind of keys to input that will make us see what we want to see. One of the biggest lies in the world is... Whatever will be, will be. So, so, so big lie. And a lot of people like to use it when it comes to issues concerning relationships. <laughs> if it is mine, to come to me. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. <laughs> Look, if it is for you, it will come no matter what. If it is for you, it will come. Tell that to a farmer. Let him go to his farm. Let him with the whole farm and say, if it's God's will that I will grow maize, maize will grow. What will he come and meet? And the thing about the devil is he's always working. So when you leave the ground for him, he will put something there. I was a while men slept, the, devil, the, the enemy came to sow tears. While men slept, the devil is working, he's very hard working. So by the time you leave something for him like that, say, whatever will be, will be. Oh, nice, 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 nice. So you don't leave your ground farrow. You always speak words. You wake up in the morning, you speak words. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. That means the earth operates with the seed principle. It's not just seed of money. Seed principle. Your word, Bible says the, 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 the seed is the word of God. That means when you wake up in the morning, the thing you say is a seed. And there are different kinds of seeds. There's tomato seed, three months you repeat. There's orange seed, how many years? Where are the farmers? <laughs> five years. Orange, five years. Cocoa, how many? Fifteen. Cocoa, three years. Which cocoa is that? <laughs> are you listening? There are different kinds of seed. So there are some seeds that you, you, you speak. There are some things you say. Immediately you say them, you start seeing them in three months. There are some you will not see them for the next ten years. But the seed is there. He said, God is not mock. Whatsoever a man soweth. The first thing that that thing work on is your words. Let me tell you something. Whoever calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. What does he use to accuse you? Number one, he uses your words. Number two, he uses your actions. 
accuser of the brethren. He is always looking for a way to accuse you. That's why God had to, because when I was teaching on spiritual legalities, I didn't get there. You know, God had to also look for a lawyer. Because God is a just God. He can't just say that I am just a devil, don't come here. No. If you have, if there's an accusation against you, God will have to listen because the devil will come with strong reasons. Ah, God, this guy said that he was talking with someone and he says, Hey, me whoa. The guy said it, God, he deserves to die. <laughs> then he will take the same scriptures of God to show to God. You said, God, you said death and life are in the power of the tongue. God, look at you, you said it. <laughs> and the guy said he is dead. So God, fulfill your word. He is the accuser. I would say he comes day and night before God. He said with accusation. So watch your words. Watch your words. He, he likes it when you were joking. Because in the realm of there's nothing like a joke. He likes it. You were joking and you said it. He said, ah, then he takes it. Sometimes he waits for you to write more. Say more. Then he puts it together. I said, one day carry it to God. God! I would say he's the accuser of the brethren. God doesn't accuse us. He's the devil who accuses us. So, there are things that you do in the realm of the physical that provoke a reaction in the spirit. When you are uh, uh, conscious of those laws and those things that you will do so that you will know the things to input, so that you know the things that you are supposed to change and the things that you are supposed to do. There are times, you see, sometimes um, um, a Christian will be having a problem, a very serious problem, and he will just go to um, uh, a man of God that just pray for me and everything will be fine. Meanwhile, over there, what you have created or the problem that you have created or the problem that has come to you is beyond just pray for me. It requires some actual inputs in the spirit. So, question is, how do I know what to do? How do I know what to do? That's why I started this particular series. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's start from verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. So if the Bible is yours, underline wisdom. Man's wisdom, underline man's wisdom. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Continue. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, underline again, wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I said something at midweek service. I said, the biggest deterrent to the power of God, you seeing the power of God, something spiritual, um, supernatural in your life, is the wisdom of men. I will explain how that works. Verse 6. How be it? Oh, God. How be it? Ah. Look at something. Go to verse 5 again so we can connect it well. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Then he says, talking about the power of God, he says, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. The word perfect there means mature. He said, how be it we speak wisdom. Understand what he's saying. He's separating, listen now, he's separating what we speak with what the world speaks. 
Because he talked about the wisdom of men and the power of God. Then he said, how be it? We speak wisdom among them that are mature. You see, when you mature in the things of God, there are some things you don't say. He didn't say we speak with wisdom. He said we speak wisdom. There are things we say. Listen now. There are things we say when, when, when you become a spiritual man. There are things you say that people will not understand. The Bible calls it wisdom. He said, we speak wisdom. Let me give you an example. Now, God says that a merry heart doeth good like medicine. That means God expects you to be laughing every day. Do you understand? Now, there's a problem. Do you understand? There's a big problem. And everybody expects you to be crying and to be, to be sorrowful. Then God says, it is a merry heart that doeth good like medicine. I mean, God expects you to laugh despite how you're feeling. So, everybody sees that there's a problem. Something is going on, then you start laughing. Look foolish. But he said, we speak wisdom. He said, how be it? We speak wisdom. You will look stupid. He said, but, but it, that God says, that is his wisdom. Let me show you something. We'll come back here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. <laughs> Did he say, the Lord by power? God didn't make this world with power. He made it with wisdom. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, he said, whoever, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, he said, the same will be like it to a wise man. That means wisdom is hearing what God has said and applying it. The power of God erupts at the application of God's knowledge. The Lord by wisdom had founded the earth. By understanding he had abolished, uh, uh, established the heavens. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this world. He said, nor the prince of this world that come to naught. Verse 7. I'll come back to this. We'll, we'll bring out something from here. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. How, how do I explain this? <laughs> okay. Let me give you the first level of this. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Let me give you the first level of it. You see, he says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he that speaketh in an tongue, speaketh not to men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Then he said, we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Speaking in tongues is the release of the wisdom of God. Listen now. I told you, I said, anything can become a religion. When you don't understand what you are doing in the gospel, when you don't understand what you are doing, when understanding is not there, you will just be speaking in tongues into the air. Some people don't understand, they just go, blah, 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 blah. they don't realize that at the time you are speaking in tongues, you are bringing forth in a mystery, the wisdom of God. So, most of the time, when you go praying in tongues, and there's something to pray about, and you start praying in tongues, it is not because it is that praying in tongues that's going to solve it. Most of the time, when you are doing it, you are bringing out the wisdom of God in a mystery. Are you getting it? No, 
Are you sure you understand what I'm preaching? No, you are bringing up the wisdom of God in a mystery. So, sometimes when I want to pray about something, I start praying. I just start by speaking in tongues first. And people think that you have to pray in your language first. No, you have to start speaking in tongues. Like, ah. like a lady who came to church one day and said, she came, at that time we were at Holiday Inn, and I was preaching, and I, I just say, speak in other tongues. Everybody starts speaking, and say, ah, is it like that? Like, the Spirit must come on you. I told you, the, the Spirit must come on you. Where did it go? The spirit go down, you know, he must now come on you. <laughs> like, you must enter the spirit. No, we live in the spirit. We live in the spirit. The fact that you are eating bangkun doesn't mean you are not in the You are eating bangkun in the spirit. No, some people, they have a, a, a physical life and a spiritual. No, you are walking, you are talking to people. That's why, you see, you can't find me talking about certain things. You can't, you can't catch me talking about death. Because I am in the spirit. And I know that every day of my life, if I speak death, it will be registered. It might take 40 years. Because when God said Adam will surely die that day, it took 900 years for the death to finally happen. It might take, you might speak a thing today, and it will take 40 years for it to happen. Because time is of no essence in the realm of the spirit. What matters is that it happen. You can't catch me talking death. So when I'm out, I'm people say, hey! Like one day I was with a friend and we're discussing something, you know, boys and argument. It's not a serious argument, but boys, hey, this one go fit, go fit, shoot down. You know, say, so somebody say, hey, you know, someone, if someone shoots you, you can, you can die, so I can die. Hey, you see, someone would think that you are bragging. The guy was like, hey, hey, hey. But I cannot accept that I'll die. I cannot accept it because through my life, since I got born again, I have been confessing that I cannot die. So it will be a contradiction to what I have been saying over the years. If he did tell, tell him that someone can come and shoot me and I will die. I cannot accept it. How the person will come, we don't know, but I cannot accept it. <laughs> someone said, I cannot accept it. Someone said, no, for example, a car knock you, no. For example, let's say example, uh, someone say, okay, no, use someone else. Why me? No, 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 it's just an example. No, not me. Use yourself. Don't use me for such examples. Do I look poor? Let's, let's, uh, let's you know, God forbid, but let us, let's, uh, what are you saying? Let's use someone else. So if you want to use someone, you know, you just say, it's like, uh, a certain guy. No, yeah, certain guys. We don't know who that is. You know, there's no certain guy. So fine, go use that person. But you can't use me for such example. You know what? Because when you start saying those things, the problem, okay, let me, let me tell you something that happened some years ago. Like, um, I, was, I was in the room years ago, and my dad came. Came to the room, and he said, go and pick this and put it here for me. And he says, I'm leaving. So by the time I come, I want you to finish it. So he left. When he left, I was still lying down. You know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, if you can't listen to your earthly father, you can't listen to me. I'm like, oh, wow. Now, you know the problem with saying the wrong things and going against what the scriptures teach? It is not exactly what you rebelled against. It will give birth to other rebellion. That will now not make you able to say the right thing when it matters most. 
Because you have already trained yourself not to hear God. For example, some people never hear the voice of God until it's time for marriage. When he loves the person, the voice of God immediately came. The Lord said to me, but before, the Lord was not telling them. The Lord was not telling them to come to church. The Lord was not telling them to read their Bible. The Lord never said anything. When it is time for relationship, that one day, the Lord said to them, you, 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 are, you are of less prospects to hear God in that particular thing. It's too huge. Start hearing God in what you should wear first. Otherwise, when it comes to something that is of a high decision, you will not know that. We say, my sheep know my voice. It's a voice by acquaintance. For example, if my mother, there are a thousand women and my mother calls my name, I will hear because from my, my, from my infancy, that's the voice I've been hearing. So a thousand women, if my mother shouts my name, I will know how she mentioned it, the accent, the, how, the tone of the voice, how she will scream it and say it, you know. You will know that that's your mother's voice because you've been hearing that voice. So the same with the voice of God. Start hearing God in everything. The slightest things. Ah, how do I hear the voice of God? You know, that thing is really, really, no, no. First of all, the voice of God will bring you to church. The voice of God will make you have your uh, devotion. While you acquaint yourself with the scriptures, acquaint yourself with the things of God, you will notice that you are acquainted with a particular voice. So will you hear it in your ear? Not necessarily. Because God is a spirit. And you are also a spirit. So the communication happens in your spirit. How do we explain it? It happens. God, people say, some people can be smart enough to say, something told me. Am I right? Did they hear a voice from outside? No. Inside, something told them that I should do this. Something told me I should do that. It's not something. It's the Holy Ghost. Okay. So it says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 again. Verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom. It calls a hidden wisdom. It's a which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So God ordained that wisdom unto our glory. The wisdom of God in a mystery, he ordained it unto our glory. That means when we acquaint ourselves with the wisdom of God, it is unto our glory. So our glory, there's something about the glory of a Christian that is connected, listen now, that is connected to speaking in the spirit. It's connected to praying in the spirit. There's something about the glory of a man that is connected to the the. the the communications in the spirit. Bringing out the wisdom of God in the mystery. Verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9. But as it is written, now, look at this. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God had prepared for them that love him. Verse 10. He says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit certain all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, remember that on the first day I, I taught about um, the matters of the spirit. I said that your first entry. Now, now. What's the time? I want to close early. So the second service people don't wait. Okay, good. Close soon. Your first entrance into the things and the realm of the spirit. Your first entrance is humility, brokenness, submission. 
Look, every earth realm, everything in the earth realm, submit to something. You don't have to agree. Atheist, submit to something. Everything submit to something. Everyone submit to somebody. You, you don't have to agree. Says that I'm not submitting to anybody. I'm in freedom. You in your freedom, you have submitted to something. So everything submit to something. So, in the entry of the realm of the spirit, your first entry is humility, brokenness. And I told I said, that's why we pray. When we pray, we have submitted to a higher power. So, when we go on our knees, that's why the, the symbols of prayer, going on your knees, lying on the floor, raising your hand, they are all um, symbols of submission. Oh, I surrender. You kneel down. I cannot. So it is brokenness, humility. So immediately you begin to do that. Sometimes when you are praying, you close your eyes and you immediately your pride leaves because you need something from God, or you want to worship God, or you want to. Immediately that's humility, brokenness. Now humility and brokenness can be emotional. Then I, I told you at the midweek service, the next step after humility and brokenness is intimacy. Some people are. Humble and broken, but when they are going deeper into the things of God, they don't have intimacy with God. There is a certain intimacy that a man can have with God. Now, this has nothing to do with whether you're a man or a woman. Some people think that, uh, like, like Pastor Chris said one time, he said, um, women like um, very emotional songs to God, and the, man like, the men like fire, 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 fall on them. The men say, Oh, the power of Jesus. Then the woman like, I love you, Lord. It's not true. Every man, human being, is wired in a way to express emotion toward God. Obviously, with the heart, man believes. Every man's heart believes. <laughs> Every man's heart believes. It is the mind that has strongholds. So those who, don't, who claim they don't believe in God, in their hearts, they believe. In their mind, they are strongholds. So a true atheist is someone who just has questions that have not been answered. The others just don't like God. <laughs> what I'm saying is right. They <laughs> don't like God. <laughs> okay? So intimacy with God. And I explained. I said that. Uh, the way to achieve intimacy with God, one of the, 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 the uh, I, I use the word lubricant of, of uh, intimacy with God is songs. Songs. And I told you, when you are ascending in your intimacy with God, uh, David, give me, give me some song, some nice something. You know? You can just be there and you are feeling so dry, so dry, then you can just start with a song. Immediately, you will translate.
immediately. The Holy Ghost just brings a presence. And now, intimate, let me tell you something. A man who can have that kind of relationship and intimacy with God, there will be something about him. I told you something, I said, that was one of the secrets of David. To the, to, the, to, the, to the state that when they are talking about tabernacle worship, they are talking about things that have to do with the spirit, David is always referred to. Because David enjoys such, such intimacy with God. Because some of the things David said about God, they were too big. Like it's some, something that someone should be telling his wife or girlfriend. He said, when I think about you in the night, God, Psalm 63. <laughs> no, how many of you, you can think about Jesus and you are crying? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I'm telling you. It can only be the wisdom of God. And it will be foolishness to men. Because it does not make sense. We have not seen him. Did you see him? I didn't see him. We we were not there when he came 2,000 years ago. So, could it be that someone lied to us? No, it cannot be. He said he will send us the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will, he said, will reveal him. That means the story, although we were all not there. We were all not there. We all bear witness of the same story. Not just that we've heard it, we all bear witness of the same story. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has acted the film to us inside us. Over 2,000 years, the same story has been repeated. It's not, it's not normal. When I remember thee upon my bed, look at this. The guy's talking to God. Ha! No wonder, no wonder. The man never lost a battle. All the kings in the Bible, they all lost a battle. And that's how they died. David never lost a battle. He went to war, never lost a battle. Is it possible to never lose? Yes. David never lost a battle. Every battle he went to, sometimes they were were fewer than their enemies, yet he would beat them. He said, by my God, I leap over a wall. By my God, I run through a troop. He said, he teaches my hands to war so that a wall still is broken in my hand. Let me tell you, in the Old Testament, faith was different. Because if you, if you doubt, you are dead. Yes, it's at war. You doubt, you are dead. Like Peter, you doubt, you sink. It's not in me. Today, my faith didn't work, so I'll try again. No, you doubt, you are dead. Because while you are doubting, there's a knife on your neck. So he goes, by my God, I live over. By my God, I run to a troop. He said, when? Go, go back there. Go back there, Psalm 63. When I remember the upon my bed, I mean, the guy is sleeping, and, and he used the word night watches. That is three, three hours. He remembers God upon his bed, three hours. He said, when I remember thee upon my bed, and meditate on thee in the night watches. Night watches, that three, three hours. He will be lying down, 12. Oh, God. You are too much, God. Oh, God. Then, he's finished. He sleeps. Three hours again, he wakes up again. Oh, God. Something about David, I tell you. He has given us something to follow. The man had such intimacy with God that we didn't know all the names of his wives. <laughs> Meditate on, the, on thee in the night watches. Oh God. Intimacy. Very, very key. Intimacy can also be emotional. But you see, when you cross brokenness, cross intimacy, you enter another dimension in the matters of the spirit. You enter another dimension. That dimension has nothing to do with emotions. 
there you are dealing with the matter. The matter on ground. Over there, you are dealing, has nothing to do with emotions. Then we come from, from brokenness, we come into intimacy. From intimacy, we go into truth. We go into truth. We go into truth. Over there, we are not dealing with our emotions again. It's not how we feel about God at that time. At that time, it's, oh, Jesus. You know, and a lot of Christians are so good at worship. They will cry and cry and cry, yet everything is still going bad at home. Why? Because you have to cross from intimacy into truth. Remember John in the book of Revelations? He met Jesus. When he met Jesus, he said, when I saw him, I fell to my feet as dead. He fell down. He was like a dead man. He was worshiping Jesus. He said his hair was like this. All emotional. Then Jesus goes to him, come, stand up. After all the drama, stand up. We have things to, yeah, I have things to tell you. Do you understand? After all the drama, oh, I couldn't. Then people come to the presence of God. And when he said, take it, they don't receive anything. They just fall down before the anointing comes. Then they are rolling, rolling, rolling. They are rolling. They roll till the thing that God wants to give them, they don't receive it. Look, I like to fall under the power and wake up with something. When I fall down, I know I'm standing up and I'm going to do something with it. It's not every day falling, falling, rolling, rolling, rolling. There used, there used to be a guy we used to call falling angel. Every time he's falling. <laughs> it's good. It's good to be under the power. It's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's beautiful. If it's not happy to be evoked, crave it because it's so nice. Nobody pushed you. They just, they just go. Like, and you don't get hurt. It's so nice. <laughs> you know? But after the... the Intimacy, after all those emotional gimmicks and everything, you come into truth. Truth, where the Holy Ghost gives you the strategy of what you're going to do. He gives you what he wants you to do. So, sometimes there's a matter, something I need to do, and I'm praying about it. And I'm not speaking in tongues so that God will just answer me. So, so people are just so lazy. They, they don't want to navigate in the spirit realm to understand what goes on there. You know, they just want to pray. God, just answer. Anyhow you do, just do it. After I, I finish speaking in tongues like that, sometimes God will begin to direct me. Direct me. Go and do this. Go and do that. Go and do this. Sometimes after the intimacy worship, then truth comes. Truth comes. Truth comes. Truth comes. Um, let me. Should I show you this? That'll be the last scripture. Go to Judges chapter 5. Verse 8. Sorry, verse 20. Look at something he says here. He says, they fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against his era. Now, I said something. I said, the Bible is complete. You know why? It gives us, by revelation, what went on in the spirit realm about the matter. Let me explain. On the earth, there was a war, Israel against Sisera. Now, on the earth, all we will see is a war going on, and the Israelites are, are killing the Sisera's, and they are winning the war. But the Bible is giving us what actually happened in the spirit that caused that war to be won. It says, they fought from heaven. The stars, the were stars over there. Hmm. This are poor for coming for service, for first service. 
I don't think I'll see in the second service. If you don't understand it, just pray to the Lord. The Lord will just help you. Every man has a star. I hope I don't get you confused. Every man has a star. That star is appointed to him whether he's born again or not. And book of First Corinthians chapter 15 says that the stars are in different shades. So we can all be great, but all our greatness will not be the same. That's why you see some people, they do something small, it goes all over the world. There's some people, they will do something, it's just national. No matter how they push to be international, they, will, they can only be national. That is their star. It's true. It's, it's a, Bible says the, star, the, the glory of one star is different from the glory of another. No matter how much he prays and fasts, he can only be the best of the potential God gave him. Of that star. Now, the words we also speak, the Bible calls the words we also speak as stars. So, how does people enter? Someone will say, like, my, my time came, or this is his time. You know how it happens? It happens when you are speaking in accordance with your star. That's why it's good to know what you're about in life. So, when you speak in accordance with your star, it aligns. Have you ever seen stars drawing something before? Yes. It is just um, a physical type or shadow of what actually happens in the spirit. When you keep speaking, the Bible says when the clouds be full of wind, they empty themselves. When you keep speaking, your words, which are also stars and a type of light, aligns with the star appointed to you. When it finished forming, it happens. So over here, he says, please go back to Judges. He says, they fought from the heaven, the stars in their courses fought against Sarah. The word stars over there is also meaning angels. He said, the stars in their courses. So, stars are in their courses. Angels are in their courses. They are in their ranks. Joshua chapter 8. Let's start from verse 15. Now, at this point in time, Joshua was fighting in, in a war with Ai. There's a city called Ai. They had lost the first one because someone, when they went to the Jericho, God told them that when you finish in Jericho, don't take anything. Leave everything. Don't take anything. That's their first fruit. Don't touch it. Then one guy went to touch the thing and took it. God didn't say anything, no. Because at this time, it is not about intimacy. It is not about who is with God. It is truth. God said, don't touch it. In God said, it is your first fruit. Don't touch it. You see, truth. For example, you're a Christian. Things are not working financially. You just want prayer. It won't work. No matter how intimate you are with God, you will have to operate in the truth of scriptures. Pr uh, prosperity does not answer to fasting and prayer. Otherwise, all those in Natimota Forest, they'll be rich. You understand? Over there, you have crossed from intimacy and prayer, brokenness. You have crossed. You have now entered truth. Now, we are dealing with the matter. God will have to give you the exact thing to do. Now, and Joshua and all Israel made as if they were uh, beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness is the strategy God gave them. I don't have the time to go through the whole thing. He says, and all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. This is the strategy God gave them. When they lost, when the man took the first one, they now went to Ai. Now Jericho was far bigger than Ai. So they thought that the way they beat in Jericho, they would beat Ai. So they went to beat a small town and Ai killed them. So Joshua came back and said, Joshua, uh, and said, God, God, 
You told me that no man will be able to stand against me successfully. What just happened? There are buttons in the realm of the spirit that some men can push. Eh? They will push it, and even the prophecies God gave you will not come to pass. Truth. You start working. You know, I've been, I've been around for a while. Though. I have seen prophecies, people, the kind of prophecies they've given people that have never come to pass. It looks as though the prophets are lying. The prophets are not lying. They are just saying what they are seeing in the spirit. But any revelation from God, that does not show you your part is fake. So they went to fight with I, and I beat them. So they now went to inquire, and God told them, it is because somebody went to touch an thing. God said, don't touch anything in Jericho. He said, somebody went to touch it. Because of that, people died. The action of one man can affect the whole nation. People died. So God said, we have to rectify the matter. They rectified the matter. Now they went to fight against and God gave them a strategy. Now go to verse 17. And there were, was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not after, out after Israel. And they were left in the city open and pursued after Israel. Verse 18. Look at the strategy. Called the wisdom of God. And the Lord said unto Joshua, are you hearing it? And the Lord said unto Joshua, are you seeing it? The Lord, we have crossed from intimacy, God, prayer. No, we have crossed from there. Now you are coming for the wisdom of God, the truth. He said, and the Lord said unto Joshua, straight out the spear that is in thy hand toward him, for I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. Verse 19. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place. <laughs> Immediately he did what God said. He said the ambush arose quickly out of their place. And they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. And they entered into the city and took it and hasted and set the city on fire. One word from God can change your life forever. The wisdom of God. I said there was a guy. He's a computer engineer. He and his wife-to-be. Computer engineers. They were praying one day, and they were praying, God, what business should we do? God said, go and sell donuts. Computer engineer. God said, sell donuts. Huh? Donuts. It's not God. God said, sell donuts. Huh? They went. So, so, so at that time, they were friends. Said, best friend, best friend. You know those things, best friend, best friend. Best friend. God said, donuts. Yeah, best friend said, yes. Let's sell it. Let's make sure. I'll make the donuts. You want to learn how to make the donuts? I'll make the donuts. You do the. They, they, they are rich. No man. You have been eating it, right? God said they should make it. And you have been eating it. It's proof that God really said it. Because I've been ordering some for people. Doma foods. They are computer engineers. They have no background in making donuts. They are rich now. God said. Let me show you this one. Maybe next week we'll take it into detail. Hmm. First Kings, Second Kings, chapter three. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 20. And it came to pass in the morning when the meal offering was offered that, behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. Verse 21. 
And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward and stood in the border. Continue, just speaking. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water, and the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, This and they said, This is blood, and the kings were surely slain, and they have smitten one another, now therefore Moab to the spoil. And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites so that they fled before them. But they went forward smiting the Moabites even in their country. Nice one. And they beat down the cities and on every good piece of land, cast every man his stone and filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water and felled all the good trees only in Keharaseth. Left they the stones thereof. How be the slingers went about it and smote it. Verse 26. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him 700 men that drew swords to break through even unto the king of Edom, and they could not. Now, hold on here. Look at something. Let me tell you that. Let me give you the background of the story. The Israelites, every time they are going for war, they go to the prophet, and the prophet will prophesy. And then when the prophet says, you shall win, you shall win, you shall win, you shall win, they will go and they will win. So this time around, they went. And they went to Elisha. He said, Elisha, prophesy, what are you seeing about the war? And he said, Elisha was angry with one of the kings, so he said he didn't prophesy, but later he saw Jehoshaphat, he said he respects him, so they should bring the, the harp, and they play the harp, and he began to prophesy. He said, pass here, pass here, pass here, you win the war. This is what God said, though. it was correct prophecy from God. I said it was correct prophecy from God. God said they are going to win the war. And it started off like that. They were winning. As you can say, they were winning. Bible says, and the king of Moab now saw that, when he saw that the battle was too sore and that he couldn't fight the battle again, he called 700 men that grew swords. He said, so that they would try and break through. And, and you know, people say break through. Break through doesn't happen in prayers. <laughs> he said that they would try and break through. And they tried to break through. Bible says, but they could not. See what happened. Verse 27. Then he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead and offered him up for a burnt offering upon the wall, and there was great indignation against Israel. Immediately, the prophecy came. Sacrifice invokes things in the wrong spirit. There is no power without sacrifice. Truth now. How you feel? They came to me that one of our brethren, when they told that one of our brethren was, had run mad, one of the ladies, she's back now, she was even at midweek service. She ran mad. She was at midweek service. She ran mad. She just ran mad. And they brought her word all, all night and they brought the lady. Come and see this play. Say A, she said B. She saw anything she wished, she would read it. You know, she nearly slapped one lady. You know? She was very violent. You know, when I look at the matter, first I called all church people to, 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 to pray. And everybody was praying, 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 praying. We're praying on the group, praying on the group. In the middle of the prayer, I said, I have to use the principles I know. I went. I took $100. Went to a man of God. I lied down flat. I put it there. Because, you see, you don't know the transactions that have gone on that led to this thing. Because it was purely spiritual. So, you cannot just do prayers. The prayers have to lead you into something. All tests are powerful. Now, why did indignation fall against Israel? It's as though God, God's prophecy didn't work. Why? Because God has respect unto sacrifice. Because he knew he himself would come and sacrifice his son.
We are going for a job interview. The person who's people on the on the interview with you, they've got to see one fetish priest or the other. You won't just bless me, Pastor. Oil. You want them to pour oil on you. Are you a fish? They should just pour oil on you. And that's all. Pastor, just, just pray. Just pray for me. Just pray. Just, just put your hand on my hand. There's some people when I touch them, they'll do like this. Nothing happened, no. Indignation fell against Israel. Look, years ago, there was a friend of mine. Something that we had all been planning to do, okay? Planning to do. That we'll go to, you know, um, uh, uh, have big programs at National Theater, Conference Center. We had all planned that we'll do that thing. But I fell off along the way to go and do other things, to go and look for money. So while in my quest for money, <laughs> they, they left me. But before I realized, one of them has packed out National Theater for a program. Kai. So I came back and said, God, I'll also do something. The day I went to ask for the price of National Theater, they told, the day they told me the price, I was discouraged. So I now saw what my friend had done, that it was a very big thing. Because the price to pay for the hall alone was a big thing. So I said, God, that means my friend is going to leave me and he's just going to do it like that. I needed some of that grace. I needed some. I, want, I said, God, I want some of that grace. God, I want some of that grace. I want to do some. God, I want to also pack a national theater for you, conversation that for you. So I call myself a fasting and prayers. It's not envy. There is a, there is a, a righteous convert, converting. It's not envy. I was not envying him. It's better than sitting as a God is not even with him. God is not even with him. What's he doing? Look, only God knows. On the last day. On the last day. <laughs> you know? So when I, when, I, when I saw it, you know what? I went to pray. On the second day of the prayer, the second day of the prayer, something happened. It was a new tab that somebody had bought for me. A new tab. That was what I was even using the fasting prayer. God said, go and give it to him. God said, go and give it to him. Immediately, I picked a phone. I called him. I said, where are you? He said, I'm in my house. I said, meet me here. Now! It was a new tab, and it's one of the freshest tabs. He said, meet me here now. He said, ah, bro, what's up? I said, you make me meet. So I meet. The box, everything. I said, God said, I should give this to you. I stood there and said, ah. You know what? Immediately, I gave it to you. Something entered me. In the next five months, I had a program. Mine was bigger than his. Lift your hand. The moment you sacrifice unto God, it provoked an immediate response. He said immediately, indignation came against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. The prophecy that was from God overturned was a sacrifice. Be on your feet. So Raman Tokaya. Too many Christians stop at the level of singing. Too many Christians stop at the level of singing. It's time to come face to face with truth and reality. There are things that you want to change. For example, you have noticed that, you know, like they told me when I was growing up. That all them, all the guys in your mother's family, they, all of them, they amount to nothing. No matter how much money they get, they all come down. They are told me, they are told me. I knew that if I go, go this way, I'm going to turn out like some of them. So I began to use the things I know. 
and I'll come to church. Anytime we came to church. Can I have my mic on? Anytime we came to church. When there was an opportunity to sacrifice, I'll do it. We looked like fools in the beginning when we started it. People laughed at us. We looked stupid. But let God be true and every man a liar. Now, one of the biggest things that's happened to you in this service is that you have caught this truth when there is a matter. One day, I was with a friend and we're praying. His elder sister was having complications with giving birth. So we're praying. While we're praying, he said, hey, bro, I said, what's happened? I said, God just said something to me, but I don't think it is God. What's the, what's the issue? Praise God. He said, God just said something to him, he doesn't think it is God. Because I think it was you. You know what God said? He had an account in London and had one in Ghana. So, he said, God said, I should empty my whole account. The one in London, the one in Ghana. He said, no, he doesn't think it is God. I said, it is God. So we, we prayed again. While we are praying, you know what he said? He said, hey. Because his elder sister was in, in a, a very in emergency unit. And it was a hospital in London. So he said, God said, if I don't empty the account, I can use the money to also bury my sister. That's, not, that's nothing. So I said, you do it, you do it. Sometimes you need good friends around you. So I want to say, you know, the Lord says I should empty my account with your gym. Your gym. <laughs> Praise God. That's why when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, he didn't tell Sarah. You would tell Sarah? After nine months, see how they suffer together. All the spirituality will leave. Unim now they are calling this. Lift up your hand. So takalabaye.